a listener exclusive. The creators of this podcast would like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the land on which it is recorded. Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people are the first storytellers of this land. We pay respect to their elders, past, present and emerging, as well as any Indigenous people who may be listening today. We are two guys, one it is Sunday, the 26th of March. Uh, welcome to Two Guys, One Cup, an AFL-adjacent podcast. My name is Will Anderson. And my name is Charlie Clawson. And sorry, hang on. Let me just, just, just working in the my little studio here. I've just been, oh, here we go. I've just been uh, knocking up a, a brand new shelf, uh, Will, for you, because I expect the, the Two Guys, One Cup cup will be coming my way shortly, uh, as promised last week. Uh, the loser of the Two Guys One Cup Cup would make a trophy for the victor. Um, so, what have you got for me, mate? Firstly, just before we get to that, <laughs> do you think what just happened was worth it? Do you think, in this era <laughs> that we have a professional commercial network backing us, making us an exclusive product to their network, like the best that you can? I mean, that is some real sp- sp- spud frawly energy that you've brought to the start of uh, Two Guys One Cup today. <laughs> <laughs> Some real glass eye prop comedy. Like, are you trying to jump off this podcast and onto the Saturday rub? Because that is some real. That is. That I is, would love that. Is, what didn't? Wasn't there a famous Danny for all this story from when? Like, rest in peace. What a fucking great man. What am I? Like, an absolute fucking gem of a bloke and an absolute loss to both football and the football media and the football community in general. Like, wasn't there? Um, uh, at one stage at Richmond when he was coaching and he was going no good, he went into the rooms after the game and he got like a pump where they pump up uh, <laughs> yeah, <that's right>. like <laughs> footies or something. And he put it over his head and he said, what am I, boys? And everyone just stared at him like, I don't know. You're certainly not an AFL coach, but what are you? And he said, I'm under the pump. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, so people listening at home, uh, yep. What I did was just lift up mm. a, a shelf. Um, yeah, I think which, people could have worked that out from the grunting and the sound effects. <laughs> I would love to create a narrative that I was working on that all week, but um, that's a shelf I actually took down to my studio. I was about to put up somewhere else, but I was like 10 seconds before we started recording, like, oh, here we go. My chance to audition for the rub. Well, here's what I will say. Okay, so on the trophy, like we're recording on a Sunday night, which yeah. is very unusual for us. The yeah. entire AFL round is not even completed at the time we started this recording. It probably will One be. One game by in the progress. End. I have I have it up on my I have it on my screen in front of me. So it's the West Coast GWS, and it looks like West Coast have the game well in hand, sixty six to uh, to thirty five at half time. Yeah, the West. So we're not worried no, about. Like I a, think the West Coast put the foot. It was pretty even up until quarter time, and then West Coast put the foot down in the. Second quarter, so we'll see what Famous happens. last words. There is no way the Giants will win this match. <laughs> <laughs> well, with footy how it is. Anyway, we've got to get to the trophy first. Before we get to footy, let's get to the trophy. Because I did pledge last week on this very podcast that um, th- there was a perpetual two guys, one cup, cup trophy that one of our great listeners had supplied and very generously, and it was a great trophy. But unfortunately, in the in the chaos of the last couple of years, it had been both broken and then disposed of. And so I promised that if I if the Bulldogs were to lose, I, as the holder of the trophy, would hand it over to you and I would make a new trophy. So um, you you generously did not have to enter into this this bargain. And in fact, at the time, I would have thought, 
you had more to lose than me. Like going into this game, the expectations would have been that you were going to be the one spending this week building a trophy, not me. And even at the time, that was why I was very clear. I was like, I'm saying I will do it. I don't, I don't need this to be some, you know, FM radio style stunt where we both have to build a trophy. But you generously said, no, 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 no. If you're going to build a trophy, I'm going to build a trophy. This, we're in this together. It is two guys, one cup. Yeah. We're the two guys. Uh, one trophy <laughs> that uh, one of us had to build <laughs> at the end of the game. And so it is Sunday night. I have not constructed an entire trophy, but I'm very pleased with how I've started. I've started so much better than I possibly could have expected, and I will tell you how. So this this uh, this morning, so I was in Canberra um, uh, yesterday, so I was travelling most of the day and then did a show at night, and then I had to sort of travel back today. And uh, um, so I didn't actually catch the game last night. I was on stage, thank fuck. But um, I saw the result. <laughs> did not go well. Uh, so there's no need for me to actually watch that game. I got the gist. It was no good for us, and it was great for you guys. And I, I, I went to bed knowing that this week some of my time was going to have to be spent constructing a trophy. And I, <laughs> on top I, of so, everything else that you have going on. <laughs> I know. I know. It is really <laughs> great timing, a week out from the Melbourne Comedy Festival. But you know what? <laughs> I have decided to do it and I am a man of my word and I'm going to build a trophy. And honestly, I'm not sure where it could go from here. Like, I feel like I may have peaked too early in my trophy making. So basically what I was like, as I set out to the airport this morning, I got to the airport a bit early and I actually thought, you know what, I'll get to the airport. I'll be pretty chill there, relaxed. I'll have a coffee in the lounge and then... I'll go on a little scavenger mission of the airport, at the Canberra airport. I was thinking, like, my thing was, like, maybe I'll get something, like, parliamentary, like, like there's maybe a figurine of Parliament House or something like that that I can – so that was what I was, like, out on a mission to see. But I spotted something so much better than that. Now, I spotted an Australian entertainment icon. I'm going to give you a little opportunity to have a guess who it is that I, that I saw this morning okay. because I think in, it's worth it. In the it. flesh. So in the flesh. And I'm talking, if you were watching the Brisbane game, uh, which we will get to when the lights went out, and you were uh, watching what the crowd were doing, this is my clue. Uh, If you were watching what the crowd were doing or listening to what the crowd were doing, Uh, while the um, yeah. while there was the the gap in play, that might be a clue to who I might have run into this morning. I will give you a clue. Uh, the crowd were, of course, singing "Take Me Home, Country Roads." I did not see John Denver. Yeah. It is one of the other songs that they were singing. Oh, because I remember that exact moment. I think Alistair Lynch, even when they went to him in the boundary, said the crowd's having fun. It's like being at a John Denver concert. They're singing "Take Me Home," and what was the other song that they were singing? It wasn't "Let It Go," was it? It was was it was it another one of the of the Lions' goal songs. Uh, so I think they did do a few Lions' goal songs, but then eventually they got to a song. Now think we're talking Australian sporting entertainment. We're talking Australians who like to have a sing along. These are people in Brisbane making the best of a bad situation. They don't know what's going on. The light tower's on fucking fire, and they're just having a sing along. They're now in the world's biggest choir, and they're just singing the mixtape that they have. Like apparently, the only electricity still in the stadium is the fucking DJ at the Brisbane Lions, and he's spinning in tracks, and everybody's having a sing along. Uh, this is iconic. We are talking like an iconic Australian song, possibly the most iconic uh, Australian song of all time. Okay. Uh, the most iconic Australian song of all time. Oh, Jesus Christ. Now you put me on the spot. Um, you're the voice? Yeah. So you're in the right zone. 
So that sort of okay. era of icon, like I'm going to yeah, put okay, this on so a par working with your class man. Yeah, right up there. You're in the right zone, but you haven't quite oh. like you know zeroed in on it. Think about this yeah, particular know, artist okay. has been reclaimed. Like he is hip again. There was a period of time where he is was he? not hip, and he is absolutely hip again. He's like playing well, music festivals. Daryl Braithwaite. Daryl Braithwaite horses. So oh, right. at the airport this morning, I walk out and I spot none other, none other than the uh, the singer of the horses himself, the great Daryl Braithwaite. He'd obviously had a gig in Canberra the night before. He was there with guys. Lead singer of 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 Sherbet. Of Sherbet. No, That's right. Yeah. yeah. How's that? Sherbet. Yeah. 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 Um, so yeah, right. I it, caught you out. You missed the bat. Yeah, I, I mean, don't understand what not, that means. This is not a cricket podcast, but sure. <laughs> <laughs> Two guys, one bail. So here's what I was going to say: is I saw Daryl, I saw Daryl Braithwaite there. He was with a couple of other musos, and they were, I didn't want to go up and bother him. But after they left, because I was there a bit early and I still had some time, they had to take off to wherever they were going on their plane. And I I looked and I realised that they had left like a few things, like like empty coffee, coffee cups or maybe something they were having for breakfast or whatever, whatever. Where they were sitting, there was now items that were not there before they were sitting there. So I'm like, this is fucking perfect. Because if I can get something for this trophy from Daryl Braceweight, like this is a good start. So I go over thinking maybe like there'll be a coffee cup with Daryl written on it or something like that. That would be perfect. That's kind of what I'm imagining I'm hoping in this situation. <laughs> it right? would be pretty good. Right? <laughs> um as it turns out, I believe I have found something that is even more valuable than a coffee cup with Daryl written on it from Daryl Braceweight because, look, there is no way for me to absolutely 100% verify that this is the case. But I went over to where Daryl Braceweight was sitting and on that chair, like this dark purple chair, perfectly there was one single silver hair. I believe... <laughs> that I have one of Daryl Braithwaite's hairs <laughs> and it is going to be the, start, the building block, the starting point in the two guys, the rebuilding of the two guys, one cup cup. Oh, my God. It's going to contain the DNA of one of Australia's greatest crooners, Daryl Braithwaite. Right. <laughs> on the weekend, we're a crowd in Brisbane saying horses. I mean, come on. That, that's, that's serendipity. That's synchronicity. I, I felt like that it was meant to happen. Well, that is amazing. I did put some thought into what I was going to have to build because up until the game started, I was like, oh, I'm probably going to have to think about this. But I did not get nearly that inspired. Um, what was inspiring, Will, was the way those bloody saners played. It was Electric. And here's the thing. I'll give you the scene of my viewing experience because, um, uh, as you know, uh, Gem's away. So uh, my sister very kindly flew into town this week to help me with some childminding because I just had a bunch of work on. She said, why don't I um, put Iona to bed and you have a night off. You can, you know, go out and see your mates or watch the footy or whatever you want to do, which is very nice of her. I'm so tired. All I just wanted to do was watch the football. But uh, Iona wouldn't have a bar of that. <laughs> she knew I was in the house and there was no way she was going to let my sister put her to sleep unless I did it. So I said, that's fine. I like watching footy with a bit of a delay anyway because if I get nervous or scared, mm -hmm. I can fast forward the scary bits. <laughs> so <laughs> it probably takes me about an hour before Iona goes to sleep uh -huh. when I can come down. i got the living room to myself. Put on the footy and here's what i'll say the there's a massive lightning storm last night in town and it affected my internet connection so i was watching the game i would i would get like 10 seconds 
30 seconds of buffering. 10 seconds, a bit like recording this podcast sometimes. Yeah, totally. <laughs> 10 seconds of action, 30 seconds of buffering. And it was an incredibly, like, frustrating when we were doing well way to watch the game, but then also, like, um, a very tense moment because the Bulldogs came back at one point in the second quarter. And what I also knew was that my mates who were watching the game were all like an hour in front of me. So when it got to half time and the Bulldogs had come back to within five points and I'm watching this stuttering thing, I can't get a feel for the game, my phone starts blowing up. And I'm like, oh, God, like, do I want to know? Do I want to know? And so I sort of put it off for a minute. And then I eventually sort of succumbed and said, yeah, okay, I'll read it. And the first one I read was from a friend of the show, Alex Williams. And he wrote, looks like you're making a full fucking massive trophy. And I'm like... Oh, fuck. They lost it. How could they lose it? We were all over them. I can't believe we lost it. And then I get another text from my mate Nick, who's a big Saints fan, who just wrote, cock the hammer. And I'm like, all right, cock the hammer. Is that a good thing? I mean, I know that's from a Cypress Hill song, but is it a good inference when you say cock the hammer? Or does it mean, mean kill yourself? It could, go, it, could go, it could definitely go two ways, right? Like cock the hammer, I believe in the Cypress Hill context, like has to do with guns, but it also has to do with like like smoking pot, like having a, like a bong, right? Like, you, like that, right. it's got a double right. meaning. So maybe it's like also a celebratory term, not just like, hey, I don't know if you've watched the football tonight, but you should take your own life. <laughs> Well, to confuse matters even further, the Saints' latest uh. recruit from the SSP, Anthony Caminiti, his nickname is The Hammer. And so I'm like, is this a reference to him? Did he end somehow ended up with a cock in him? What's going on? Like, what, 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 what? I'm so confused right now. And so I had this kind of moment of like, do I want to watch this? It looked like the Bulldogs had the momentum. I'm feeling so tired. I just, it, I can't be fucked watching. And so I almost didn't watch it, but then, my God, thank God I did. And look, you won't watch it, so let me just sort of like no. set the scene for you. Absolutely. Either the Saints were really good or the Bulldogs were really bad or it was both. Probably both. We, looked, both. we just could not make a mis- – we just couldn't make a mistake, but the Bulldogs looked like genuinely tired. I mean, I know Ross Lyon said going into the season, oh, look, I don't, I don't know what I'm working with, but what I do know is they're good runners. And what that's their philosophy. They're all playing like fucking Rob Harvey. They're just running up and down, up and down. And in that last quarter – the dogs just couldn't go with them. They just look really like tired hands on hips. Like this sucks. Football sucks. It was good like last year. This sucks. The dogs used to be fast, right? Like that was when the Bulldogs kind of broke through in 2016. It was suddenly because we were quicker than everybody else. But it feels like at the moment we feel very slow. We don't feel fast at all. And it feels like everybody else in the game has sped up. Like the prevailing kind of energy, you know, in football, particularly with your Collingwoods, but even Geelong and all those other teams, is this faster, free-flowing, even in the games that I was watching uh, Gold Coast, and I'm sure we'll get to that, uh, but I was watching that game today, and you're just like, this is a good game because it just is belting from one end to the other constantly, even Mm. if these aren't two particularly great teams, and even if, like, you know, it's not the closest or best game of all time. Like, it's super entertaining, but they're fast. They, they run. Like, both of those teams were fast. Well, it's interesting, too, because, like, Ross Lyon's getting a lot of the credit. And, you know, I don't know, maybe, like, he's the head coach maybe should get all the credit. But I think the amazing thing is what Rob Harvey is doing with our forward line. Like, we don't have yeah. a forward line. Our forward line consists of an SSP guy who was waiting tables seven weeks ago, one kid who's played two games and one kid who's played nine games, and they kicked like eight goals between them yesterday. And that's from 
one of the most decorated midfielders to ever play the game, yet somehow he's made this really good Ford coach. It's just like uh, like Rob Harvey is this magician. And it's it's also great too because Rob Harvey's gone for a lot of senior jobs and he hasn't got them. Maybe this is the opportunity where, you know, we have a good season and he gets poached or something like that. Like I, that's, I want Rob Harvey to be a senior coach and maybe like maybe he is the secret weapon. I feel like he's your perfect foil to Ross as well, though. Like, I mean, I feel like this is your one-two punch. This might be your perfect mm. Rob Harvey job in that he might actually be kind of the coach or at least, you know, like mm. you know, more than like an assistant, you know, like there is like – and because Ross, you know, has – like Ross is very much about that idea of simple messages in a lot of his coaching. Like I was listening to one of the Saints players being interviewed on the radio and he was just talking about – that his whole thing is just like, look, I just want effort. Like, I don't care if you make mistakes, yeah. you know, that's fine. You're going to make mistakes playing football. But, like, if you – Just give like, effort. If you're, just if give you're effort. effort. <laughs> it's non-negotiable. Just give effort. It's really simple. You know, I just uh, – that's my Ross Lyon, what do you reckon? <laughs> but I feel like that is Ross Lyon. I feel like they could have got you yeah. for much cheaper to come in and do that, Ross yeah. Lyon. And then they've got Rob Harvey to actually, you know, coach the team and teach everyone to run all day. <laughs> Speaking of uh, Russ Lyon, he did a um, press conference before the game and uh, got a little noisy. Well, we know, look, that was a grand final a couple of years ago. We know they're top five AAA midfield that are recruited really well, you know. So here comes Bevo now. I just wish that it happened the week before when we were playing Frio because it would have been a much better zing if it had been here comes Nat Five now. Right, because you'd believe that he actually was flying over himself, whereas like Bevo, I can't imagine doing that. Skateboard, if you'd heard no. the, no- the noise outside of somebody like doing an ollie, doing a kickflip ollie, then you'd be like, oh, here comes Bevo. But um, he, that, I, what I love about Ross too is like spend a little bit of time in the media, realise – the, the most simple thing about the media is, and I think this is where coaches can go absolutely wrong, is that like it's it's like being a professional tennis player. Easy audience to like be considered being humorous, like Cuddly Ross. Like that isn't the greatest line of all time. Here comes Bevo, right? But it got a pretty good reaction in the room and it's got good play since then. He's kind of gone out there and realized, don't give too much away. If you just give him a little bit because there's nothing else in that zone, that's enough. You don't need to be Ted Lasso, you know. Yeah, he's definitely he's definitely learnt that. Like it's it's interesting to watch him now. I mean, we've talked about this last week. We don't need to go Russ Lyon again, but his interviews are so good. Just to sort of like, it's it's just this like um, it's the what is Taekwondo the one where you just see no Taekwondo? What's the one where people do tai slow chi. martial arts? Tai Chi. Yeah, he just answers questions like he just deflects <laughs> like really slowly. Like before you know it, he hasn't answered the question and he's made some kind of quirky statement. Has moved on. Yeah, just give effort. Just give effort. That's all I ask. Just give effort. And it'd be one of those great podcasts that people go to sleep to. You know, there's like yeah. podcasts that are specifically for <laughs> people to go to sleep to. I, yeah, yeah, I would love if St Kilda could get on board some ASMR with like the aspect like for Ross. So this is what it is. It's ASMR. It's Ross. Yeah. It's Ross Lyon. ASMR Ross. Just deflecting questions for 45 <laughs> minutes to just get you to sleep. Yeah, I didn't get to do an audit on the forward line yet. But guess what? I just want you to give effort. <laughs> uh, now, a lot of people have had the knives out for the dogs after that performance, mm. but um, you'll never believe who's, who's, who had a, a very strong opinion was uh, Cane Corns. That's right, the twerp. 
who is out of control at the moment. Like I was enjoying his Red Simons act last year, but it's like it's getting too much, like reel it into it. So he wrote an article in The Age and like talk about your tortured metaphors. Um, the headline is The Damning Signs That Show Beverages Steering the Dogs Off Course. It was once said that Leon couldn't drive the Ferrari. Now it is beverage. He has a shiny new Mercedes and the tank is full of high-octane fuel, but the vehicle's GPS is broken. <laughs> oh, my God. What? <laughs> like, the thing about metaphor and simile is it should be simple and direct. Like, I'm trying to – why are they a Mercedes? Is there a German player in the th- and they're full of high-octane fuel? Okay, is that that's drugs, right? Are you saying they're on drugs? But they're GPS – what, they're running in circles? Cause yeah. I mean, some of them have definitely been on drugs, so I guess that is, yeah. that is part of the problem, yeah. Oh, boy. Uh, let's talk about uh, uh, the probably the most oh, – I was going to say the most bizarre moment of the round, but we've had a couple of bizarre moments in the round. But the one that probably will, uh, will make the highlight reels of everything this week, which is um, – what do you call it? Do we call it lights out? The lights out moment in the Gabba? Lights out at the Gabba? I mean, it was the, – the thing that – because I was watching it live. Were you watching it live when it happened? When it happened, And yeah. it that noise – like there was that immediate moment where you're like, oh, some dickheads like walked in front of the camera or something because there was this weird shot and everything kind of went a bit black. And then you suddenly like you yeah. heard this like loud bang and you're like, what the, the fuck? fuck is I was like terrorist attack. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I, my first thought was, holy shit, a bomb's gone off or something. I mean, it was one of those things where I'm like, if this is like a terrorist event, like there's a rugby league match across the road with the two biggest teams in Brisbane. Why are you not doing your terrorist event at that? Like, why are you at the fucking Brisbane Lions game? That's like, that's bad terrorist planning. But yeah, it was scary. Like, and then the fact that the lights genuinely did go out and there was like the light tower on fire. I mean, I guess not the whole tower on fire, but like the globe like was definitely on fire. You were like, oh, this is unusual <laughs> to quote PT. Yeah, you weren't the only one who was scared because listen to, to JB's reaction when it happens. 20 touches for Brayshaw. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. That tickled me so much. Oh, no. Oh, no. It's, it's a, that is like a dad who has microwaved a slice of pizza and then he's on his way back to the couch and it spilled off his plate onto his slacks. Oh, no. Oh, oh no. Oh, no. Oh. Like, I mean, because like, in my head, I was like, if this turns out to be like Australia's yeah. first like terrorist yeah. attack, or you know, a major terrorist attack at a stadium. That in the documentary, the soundtrack will just be dad. like, oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. Not like all the humanity. Oh, no. Oh, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can imagine JB at the site of the Hindenburg disaster. Oh, yeah. no. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> but it did make me think, like, because I watched, I, w- I was about to go to bed when the blackout happened, and then yeah. I'm like, oh, my God. And I was texting you guys, like, you got to see this. And then I was just thinking about, like, AFL, because this is not the first time in Aussie rules. Like in 96, the Saints played Essendon at VFL Park. The lights went out. They had to come back two days later and play like 20 minutes or 12 minutes of football or something ridiculous. But to an outside observer, like if you're an American or something, like a country where they have big sports, big professional sporting leagues, do you watch this round of footy with like Siren Gate 2, with Blackout 2, with all these rules that it seems so fucking open to interpretation and go, this is the most chaotic professional sport in the world like you don't know i mean the wwe isn't as dramatic as what happens in our in our code 
No, I mean, this feels like, like the AFL at the moment feels like the end of E Street. You're on E Street. <laughs> Like, <laughs> they just go all out. Just <laughs> Suddenly, Gil McLaughlin's painted half his face silver and black, and that has been, I want you to dress me as Mr. Bad from now on. <laughs> I mean, I heard of Sonny Walters, but did you know Sonny Bennett is also an <laughs> That's a deep E Street cut for you E-heads out there. So I I believe that that's what it feels like at the moment, though. You just go into every round and there's, like, ties and blackouts and all these things that happen. And then I know we've already referenced it earlier in the show, but the crowd's reaction I just fucking loved. I love the – like, I already – I've talked about it many times. I love the fact that the Brisbane Lions have their own songs when they kick goals. I think it's just – like, it makes me – really like them and the fact that Charlie Cameron always sings along sings as well along. is just <laughs> like Charming. the best to me that is like it, like I love that that's just like you know how some teams try to manufacture like you know they'll Let's take make a song some from noise a, Giants yeah. fans yeah or they'll just get like a song that's already associated with another club so that's a, you know Sweet Caroline or whatever like I'm not saying it's not a nice moment but you've taken this like thing that is another sport you know like and then They've just somehow carved out this unique, particularly with Take Me Home Country Road. It's like yeah. when the crowd, when the, the crowd's reaction to it all being in darkness and a tower being on fire was them all to just break out in Take Me Home Country Road. I've never been prouder of this country, honestly. Well, while they were doing that, uh, you had some uh, football uh-huh. experts and panellists doing some pretty uh, good padding. But it seems, Will, when you have to do padding, you just go straight to alcoholic humour. Um, this was the first one. My mate in Singapore will be happy. He just texts me a photo of his bar. All the lo- local Aussie revellers are staying in the bar for the lights to come on. So he said, keep the lights on for an- off for another 40 minutes so they can keep <laughs> having a couple of beers. Happy, happy hour. Happy hour. Happy hour. Right, <laughs> Yeah, keep on drinking. Keep on drinking through this crisis. Uh, but Alistair Lynch was not to be outdone. Uh, there's been a good atmosphere. I did get a complaint the bar's closed, so the, the boys over on the other side of the fence were blowing up about that. But there was a great atmosphere. It was like a uh, Neil Diamond concert before. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I love that that is the, the, the default. To like a, a stop down. What's the worst thing that could happen right now? Let's joke about it. Oh, you can't get a beer. <laughs> I've got this, boys. This one kills at the cashies. Don't worry about it. Yeah. They've closed the bloody bar, mate. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> um, but we actually talk about the footy for a second because yeah. that was a pretty impressive uh, uh, performance by the Lions. The D's, on the other hand, very similar to the dogs, and they just looked a bit lethargic and slow. Um, I mean, <laughs> if they had stolen that game, which they almost did at the end, it would have been amazing. Uh, also, but how how would we, you have felt about that? Because that was I. I mean, I know in the I, and this is not the sort of podcast where we debate, you know, whether they did the right thing or the wrong thing or like AFL rules or any of those sort of nonsense things. Mike, but just it felt, take that off the run sheet. <laughs> Do have a bit about that later on, but no. Yes, uh, I continue, mean, Will. No, or you, I mean, yeah, if you want to, that's absolutely fine. But it's not like, but the thing that I was like, fuck, this is hard on Brisbane, because. Like Melbourne had everything to gain and Brisbane just had everything to lose. And they like they had Almost won that did. game. 
Like, you know, it was there was no way that if they kept playing those 12 minutes directly after that, that Melbourne would have been capable of doing what Melbourne came out and did. It was only because of the break that Melbourne were able to play like that. But fuck, it was yeah, I think it was a good result in the end for the AFL because like because Brisbane still won, like I think everything's okay. But I think if Brisbane hadn't won, it might have been a bit controversial. Uh gone, gone, D's gone. He's only out for six weeks or something, isn't he? Yeah, bloody, it's pretty stiff competition though. Yeah. But I, uh, yeah, it's it's good news that he didn't. But geez, he looked like he had done something worse. It was weird too that they kept cutting to him. I don't know why they do that sometimes when like there's a player who's clearly injured and upset. Why they will just keep cutting to that, or they'll run like a smaller box, <laughs> like so you could just sort of like just stay in this pensive close up of an injured player. We get it. He's injured. We'll wait for the, the doctor to do their assessment. Also, I, I imagine he's aware that there's a camera there. That's the thing that I always think about. Like, like, But aren't the, they, don't they have those – they're probably – it's a GoPro. He may not be aware that there's – they're, they're, they're not hiding secret room. cameras in the change rooms. Like, like they, they would have an awareness of where all the cameras would be at this – like, if you're an AFL player, you would absolutely know where all the cameras are at all times because if you're going to do anything that isn't, like, share a like a, a tactic or, like, do whatever it is, you, you would need to know where the cameras are. He's got to know. Like, he's been in the media a lot. He's got to know that they've, like, got a camera on him. They're getting pumped at the time that he's hurt himself and he doesn't know what it is. Like, it's not like he could sit there and laugh. Like, it, I, I think – people try to read so much. Like they go like, oh, we, we, the doctors don't know what it is. Mm. So we're going to try to guess from his expression how long he's going to be out for. I know. That's <laughs> not the way he, he walked. I mean, it's, yeah, it was so, I, but I think, I do think it is interesting. Like if you look at Frio and you look at Melbourne, two teams that have, they got the, the twin tower, even the Bulldogs with Lob and English now, that double rock combo hasn't really worked for any of the teams. I know it's been two rounds, but like all the teams with like a single Ruckman, they're the ones that have gone two zip or at least won one game. Yeah, but I I would assume that it is quite a relief for Melbourne to know that now that they don't have their number one Ruckman for six weeks or whatever, that they have a guy who's also been in an All-Australian Ruckman to be able to step into that role. So I think that- Yeah, of all the players <laughs> to lose- yeah. It's like, oh, we've got exactly one of those right here. Yeah, we've got a spare. Right. We picked one up in the off-season. It's actually turned out really well. We were going to use both, but it turns out we've still got one. Did you know, just as a side note, did you hear that Jack Steele broke mm. his collarbone in the Bulldogs game and will be out for four weeks? Just so, like, that Saints injury yeah. list just grows out to, like, bigger. It's like, I can't – I mean, we cannot – there's something There's something very sink-killing me brewing right now, I think, with, like, just this kind of the weirdness, like – I saw some Saints fan tweet, St Kilda Football Club, why are you so weird? And I'm like, I think it perfectly sums up. Like, they just don't do what they should do whenever you expect them to do it. And like, this, I, those I two feel, things shouldn't make I, sense. We should have an I feel like, like you should lean in into as well. it. I feel like that's St really? Kilda's vibe, man. Like, it's like Portland. Weird. You know, keep, keep Portland weird. Like, I feel like it's like keep St Kilda weird. That's what it should say in the club rooms at Moravon. Keep St Kilda weird. Yeah. And I... But I also you see think, the players just touching it as they leave the room, just touching it above the door. What I believe is, I reckon this stuff's great. I love these times when my team's like this, where you're you're not expected to be doing particularly well because there's all these players out. It gives an opportunity for these younger players and these newer players to have an opportunity or to have a bigger opportunity. And 
that's all upside because eventually you're going to get those all those other players back and then there's competition for spots. You know, you've got like a deeper list. You've discovered other things the club can do and there's not really anything on the line. Like if you lose a couple of games because you know, it gets too much, then as long as they're still having a crack, I mean, you've got to be wrapped already, like with how they've started, like compared to what you thought they would have probably started. As Damien Purple Barrett put it, Ross Lyon is, play, is gambling with house money. Uh, it doesn't matter if, if we lose because it's just all a learning year. And he's been very clear in his language too about like, yeah, you know, it's a year of exploration. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, just give great effort. <laughs> it's just a, year, just a year of exploration, you know. We're not trying to reinvent the wheel or anything. It's just a year of exploration and, yeah, it makes me laugh sometimes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Let's move on. Uh, I want to talk about uh, the Roos versus Frio. Um, if you were living on a rock somewhere, the last 10 seconds went down a bit like this. They all compete. Kangaroos clear it. Will it go out? That might be deliberate. That might be deliberate. It doesn't or matter. The siren. It was a paid before the siren. The question is asked. Was that is the end of the game. The, the kangaroos hold on. Confusion at the <laughs> siren. Once again, I say, is Aussie rules the most chaotic professional sport in the world? I mean, but also, what great storylines. Like, this is what I mean. <laughs> like, I don't think this is going to be a great season for me as a supporter of the, the uh, Western Bulldogs, but... I feel like it's going to be a great season for the AFL in general if you're a fan of AFL because like, you, regardless of their success as coaches, in the storyline of AFL, having people like Alastair Clarkson and Ross Lyon back is like in, more interesting to the game than the other people who are in those positions. That's just the harsh truth. And I think Brad Scott to a certain degree as well, but particularly those two. Like Ross and Alastair bring such – like huge personalities in their different ways to the game. But also you get to see, like I was watching Alistair Clarkson on the sidelines and how he's interaction. And like I remember when my brother and my sister started having kids and I was at home one time and my dad was playing with the baby and just being such like like delighted by, you know, his grandchild and just like really like a side of my father that I'd never really seen before. And I was like – I said to my mum, I said, was he like this with you know, us when we were babies? And she was like, no, 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 absolutely not. Like, this is like like a whole new thing. Like, And I think that that's what Alistair Clarkson's got at North Melbourne. He's got like granddad energy. Yeah. Like he's really just enthusiastic and happy about it, you know. Yeah. I mean, it was funny too, like uh, to, in Justin Longmuir's defence, I thought that was one of the classiest press conferences ever where he just said, look, We've got a much bigger problems than like the last half a second of a game. And, you know, in that instance, I'll just take the umpire's call. But you just knew that the Tony Joneses and the Kane Corns of the world were just going to fucking turn this into something that like, you know, there needs to be answers. There needs to be like conclusive proof. Like Tony Jones today on the footy show was basically calling for the AFL to be disbanded <laughs> over this decision. Like he was that outraged. And it's like, it's fine. Like, it's fine. There's no guarantee. Like, the person who had the shot for goal, if it was paid a free kick, may have kicked it out of bounds on the full. So, like, there is no certainty that it would have changed that much at all. But, but the, the, AFL have, do, the, the AFL have signed off on it, though. Like, they, because they said 100%. the umpires, the umpires the rules, heard beforehand and it wasn't across the line. Yeah. It, but also, like, it, it, this, we play, it's a weird game full of weird yes. ambiguities because if you kick a ball after yeah. a siren and it rolls through the goals, like even if it's after the siren, you still get the goal because of the kick. But in this, 
You don't. Like, it just has weird rules. Deal with it. It's a really weird game, and it's only getting weirder, guys. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the, 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 my favourite bit was when um, there was a bit of confusion and all the captains of both sides ran up to the umpire to get clarification on whether or not the game was on or whether it was over. So the ruse skipper, Luke McDonald, uh, went up and just said this. Game over, man. It's game over. Game Mike kind of fucked that up, but we'll let that roll. Mike, you're meant to play him saying it first, and then we're meant to roll into that bit. But you no, know what? B- before we started rolling, I said, "Do you want the original one?" And you said, "No." Uh, we, I, look, I, I've got a lot of my plate. I'm looking after a three-year-old, but you know. Okay. No, <laughs> I, the, I actually asked you before. I was like, "Do you do you want the original and the edited?" No, I like. Said, okay, no, all right. Look, look, it's yeah. like look. I like we, how we'll the jokes. Like, Let's not I, play the blame I enjoyed game. Us messing with the traditional like joke construction style of having the punchline <laughs> before the like uh, you know the setup. I like that. That was good. Um, but then he wasn't the only one uh, uh, caught on camera because LDU. I'm not sure if you saw this, but he dropped the season's first f bomb while chatting to Pav after the game. Very close to the end. What was your take on it? Oh, gee, was, I'm not sure what I was thinking with the centre bounce and the turnover. So she just got on the boot. But um, oh, look, it's just fantastic win by the boys. Real gritty win and fucking. Oh, sorry. Um, yeah, no, it was a hard fought win and we. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and the best bit about it is at the end yeah. of the clip. Pav with a straight bat doesn't mm-hmm. like you know Pav's like the American Eagle from yeah. the Muppet Show just like you know just so, such a strong face doesn't say anything and then at the end of the interview goes well mate we're all getting emotional here it's understandable <laughs> <laughs> it's like everyone but you American Eagle <laughs> yeah we are all very emotional about what is happening <laughs> yeah. I am outraged I've even heard the bar has run out of beer ha 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 <laughs> <laughs> we are two guys one Uh, oh, fucking pies are good. Pies are real so good. So good. I ran into uh, an ex-pies player last night at the Canberra Comedy Festival, Strawny himself. And, uh, oh, yeah. yeah, he was with um, Peter Hellier, his mate Peter Hellier. And I was talking to Peter Hellier about uh, – I'd, I'd caught most of that game in the afternoon when I got to Canberra. And it was – like, it was like watching the Harlem Globetrotters. Yeah. Like, they are so – Good and yeah. like every week, so you, you, every oh. week you say, "Ah, oh, you know what?" Like, look, Nick Dacos is great, but there's going to be a time where, like, he, you know, like he'll he'll just he'll plateau for a while, and like they will the bubble send, will burst. They'll send taggers to him. He'll get more attention. They'll work out a way to shut him down. All these sort of things, and they may still do those things. But people have been talking about doing those things, and I think Port gave it a go to, like, at least try to like put some heat and pressure on him, and he was. Like he's got to be at the moment top five players in the game. Like I'm oh, not saying yeah. I'm not saying he will necessarily be at the end of the year, but the fucking way he's going, he probably will be. Yeah, he's um, they're incredible. Like I was thinking about Peter Dacos the other day, and like it's all it's a, it's like kind of that hack comedian gag of like you came from my balls, but he must honestly sit there and look at those two and go like they came from my balls. Like I created them. The world only has them because of me. 
me, Peter Dacos, and my amazing balls. <laughs> he actually said that in the rooms to BT. <laughs> when he handed when the he was jumper, Roman, jumper presentation. Roaming Briar. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. He was down there and he took his <laughs> testicles in his hand. He said, this is where they used to live. I made them. <laughs> Look at them. Don't turn away. Look at them. They came from right in here. <laughs> Me. And they shot out of this. My Peter Daycock. And I made them both. And I actually did it. Like he, he, the mum was around the corner. I actually it was an impossible angle. I just dribbled it in, created a boat. Don't try calling security. I had your phone seized. <laughs> this is Pete's time now. You're going to listen to every word of this. They both came from where these balls. Nick from this one. Josh from this one. I'm not certain about that, but I just got a feeling. <laughs> What is going on? I mean, he is wrapped. He is absolutely wrapped, though, isn't he? Like Peter Dacos, because that's part of the joy of this. Is not just that. Like, here's what I do love. I, like, obviously, that Nick is like a, a once in a generation player. Like, you know, just incredible. Like, amazing that they like, to follow in the footsteps of your like dad, who is such legendary a legend. father. Right. This like, is I like, don't know if we've talked about it on this show before, but Mike, you know, you're a, a newbie to this game. Let me explain who Peter Dacos is. You know how uh, when every player runs into goal now, they don't kick it straight. They'll dribble it around the corner. They'll make the ball spin a certain way. Yeah. Peter yeah, Dacos invented that. that. Like he brought that to the game. And now everybody does that exact same thing. And then he has – like this is Gary Ablett territory that we're talking about at the moment. This is potentially like where the, there will be debates in the future over – like who is the best. And it might be between three of them because the thing that I love the most about this is that the scenario in this could be that Josh Dacos is like a Nathan Ablett or whatever, right? Like where like mm. there is a real big discrepancy between the talent of them both. But like with Nick coming in- I believe in, the, the, meta, the the simile being used mm. is the Mark War. Oh, well, that's, yeah, that's perfect, right? Like, Service, like serviceable, yeah. but not- what your brother is. No, but like played for Australia for a whole bunch of times and averaged yeah. 40 at test level. Yeah. Like I'm in mean, a very, very good footballer. Like, you know, and that's, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, I mean, look, it's hard to feel great for Collingwood, you know, of course, historically, it's just been something that's hard to do. But when they're so entertaining and they're like playing in this manner and they're just so excited to watch and the crowds, you know, they're like, I mean, that is the thing about Collingwood is their, their crowds come out and they've got really yeah, great supporters. It's good for the game. Like, yeah, it's mm. yeah. But it would- I, I was trying to envision like what could derail this clearly like runaway train now. Like the way they dispatch with Port, and you know, I have no hate in my heart for Port, but I did like the idea that Kane Corns was upset at the end of that game. I did like the thought that you know Kane Corns probably walked away, kicked the TV, slammed the door, went for a walk. So I was like, but what? Who could derail this? And I was like, what would I like to see? And it's like, well, what would be the most poetic? you know, clue wobbles type moment. It's like, well, what if they take on Melbourne? Probably their most likely challenger, you know, at the end of the season. They take on Melbourne in a grand final, scores a tide. There's a ball up in the middle, free kick paid against Cameron, goes to Brody Grundy. The man, Collingwood, are paying not to be on mm-hmm. their books. And mm-hmm. he slots a goal just before the siren goes. The Ds get another flag in three years. And the Pies, who just couldn't lose it, lose it to the guy they discarded. Wouldn't that be amazing? I mean, that would be amazing. But could it be Adam Trelaw instead of Brody Grundy? (laughs) (laughs) Mate, it's not a fantasy film, all right? It's not Lord of the Rings. 
you uh, uh, had another uh, airport encounter, and I it did. only confirms your cooling abilities. Is that right? Mm-hmm. It's true. Um, not quite as in depth, unfortunately, as uh, my one with the Brisbane Lions the previous week. But I was flying out of the Gold Coast this week rather than Brisbane, and so. As I went into the lounge, coming down the stairs was none other than the great man himself, Stewie Jew. So I um, yeah, said good day and wished him good luck. So that was clearly the kiss of death. <laughs> so, <laughs> sorry. That, well, what, what's good now yeah. is we're working out the parameters for your cooling abilities. So contact is humiliating loss, is like you didn't even show up. If you lay your hand on them, I guess it's airborne, your cooling abilities, because you passed him on the escalator, is that right? Up and down or on stairs? It was up, it was up and down stairs. Okay. I will we, say were you that. within um, 1.6 metres? Yeah, I was definitely within like, I mean, it was a small set of stairs. So, it took, and like, I mean, again, I'm not making jokes about Stewie Jew in regard to, but you know, like we're both bigger people. And so, yes, no, we were in close proximity, which was why I said, you know, good luck with the game because it was one of those things, like it was close enough that you would say something to a person you're passing that close. So, um, yeah. yeah, yeah. Did he I, respond? Yeah, no, he, he said thank you, and that was about it. He was going down the stairs, but that was yes. well because I'm just because so if he spoke, mm. what I mean is like he would have had to have inhaled. Yeah, say thank you. So he probably inhaled your cooling mm-hmm. ability. And also, then, he was going yeah, downstairs, yeah. so I'm pretty sure he was inhaling. You know what I mean? Like it's. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but the Suns world—they're just so disappointing. They look like they had it in the third quarter. I thought I, now they're going to put the foot down, but they just. I don't know, man. I don't know what it is. I, I maybe I misread the situation. I was really into the Suns last year, but I'm just watched their two games this year. And it's like oh, they just seem flat and no, uninspired, no energy. I don't know about that. Like I actually thought they played pretty well for like a lot of today's game. Like I mean, yes, at the end they fell away, but like guys like Ray always and, fall away. That's my yeah, point. I know. Well, at the moment, I think that they have. There's there's a few people who aren't much good. <laughs> I think is the problem. Like, I think they have a whole bunch of people who have a real crack, like Tuke and, like, you know, Matty Rowell, Noah Anderson. Jared like, Witts. Yeah, like, but Witts, Witts they, is but they were an, they were another team who I thought, like the Doggies, looked exhausted. By the end of the match, like, Matt Rowell could barely, like, get up to a canter. Like, he was just doing these, like, the one arm out kind of tackling efforts. It's like, that's Matty Rowell. Like, this is the dude who takes footy more seriously than anyone. Oh, so I did have I a saw, question. You so did Matt Rowell. I saw Matty Rowell. So you did? I did not... Get, how so, many how many footies did he have on him? Not none. And this is this I was going to say oh. like that I felt like this was a problem. Like so, they were all in there. They were they were all leaving, but Stewie had sort of gone first. Basically, is what had happened. And um, uh, but basically, as I was going in, most of them were leaving. But like I got quite close to Matty Rowell, and I was looking for a moment to have an interaction with him. And then I was like, I hesitated. And the reason that I hesitated was. I realised all the things we've really talked about when we talk about Matty Rao, which is like how much he loves footies and how he goes to bed with them and kisses them and dresses up football and pretends. <laughs> like, and I thought, like, if he's heard about that, it would be like a weird, particularly when they're, like, if, I, if I'd maybe had five minutes to kind of like have some fun with it and then smooth out a conversation, but I just had that suspicion that we'd only get to that bit <laughs> and then he'd have to go and I'd be like, no, that's, I, I can't do that. Um, Carlton beat the Cats back on Thursday. Jeez, that feels like a long time time ago a little update to west coast uh 30 31 points still in the third quarter um over gws uh uh jeremy cameron mm. a fucking phenomenal player so, so great good. but during that game they were playing his cash converters ad the one where you know he goes and makes his homemade goals i think 
And this is my professional opinion as a, a professional TV actor of 20-something years. You are. I think he's a great actor. Mm. You know, last year that Bont ad, the whatever the was the RACV or whatever it was, mm-hmm. um, and I was like, oh, Bont's really good. He really commits. I reckon, I reckon Jeremy Cameron, not only has he sort of like taken his game to a new level, he's taken his acting. He's seen Bont and he's like, I want to be the best in the game, not just at footy, but also at acting. He's so good in that ad. Like every time it came on, I was just gripped by the story of a man who had a secret, you know, like a plan to build something. And it's like, what is it? It's like Field of Dreams, but like, you know, an ad version. And there he builds the goals. And I just, I just thought he's tremendous. And then I was thinking, like, maybe this should be an award we hand out every year. Like the Oscars. Best, of best two, two guys, for, one like cup. footy actors. Yeah, for the best footy actor of the year. And we just, like, anytime we see an ad or some kind of promo... We kind of, you know, and then at the end of the year, we can just have a ceremony where we announce the, you know, five nominees and then, you know, we award one winner. Okay. So, I like, I, I want to get back to the Jerry, Jeremy Cameron ad for a second in a minute, but like, isn't there one with Patrick Dangerfield where he's like in like makeup or like they age him or something oh, like that? that like, yeah. So... It might right, be, like, that. we'll have to find so out. So he's got like, old Daniel Day-Lewis, has yeah, he? Yeah, he's, he's been <laughs> living. He's <laughs> <who's> an actor who <laughs> works with, <laughs> with heaps of prosthetics, like a Doug Jones or something like that. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, he actually has done it all with ping pong balls and they've CGI'd the whole thing. <laughs> in. Like, it's amazing. <laughs> yeah. um, but the Jeremy Cameron ad, I, I do agree with you. He has a very naturalistic, like, charisma. Like, you, you believe it. Because my flaw with those cash converters ads is that – and again, I know this is advertising, so, you know, whatever. But the people who are in them, like your Christian Petrarca, your Jeremy Cameron, it, I don't buy it. Like, why is Jeremy Cameron going to cash converters, right? Like, Jeremy Cameron's on, like, a million-dollar-a-year contract, like, lives, like, you know, down in Geelong, like, having the best life anyone's ever had in their life, you know? Like, he, he doesn't need well, to go Thompson, to cash on the other hand, you could have right. seen him at a cash converter. This is what I'm saying. There are characters <laughs> within the game who would absolutely look at home in a cash converters. And I believe cash converters <laughs> should go in a bold new direction and identify the person <laughs> in the AFL each year who looks most likely to end up in a cash converters, flogging off their stuff to fund some harebrained scheme and put them in the ads. <laughs> Uh, well, um, uh, uh, this season is all about uh, Mike's bigger year of footy. Yes. Uh, so it's time for our brand new segment. One, two, one, two. Whether the ball's in the air or on the deck, it's time for Mike Check. Mike Check. He's watching the footy. What the heck is time for Mike Check. Mike Check. I take it every week. If so-and-so player has hurt his neck, it's time for Mike Check, Mike Check, Mike Check. Well, unfortunately, that's all the time we it's have a, uh, for your segment yeah. this week. So we, we might have to trim that to just the mic check at the end uh, for future episode. That was uh, whipped up by our other producer, Mike Williams, uh, who, who uh, had to listen to the episode and did that in the space of about ten seconds, which is I mean, absolutely brilliant. Uh, Thank you, Mike. But uh, podcast, Mike, uh, your big year of footy. How did you find mm. this round? Exciting stuff. Really enjoyed this round. I caught a few matches, including St Kilda Western Bulldogs. First thing I want to say about St. Kilda is like in being in and out of this podcast over the past three years or so and just hearing Charlie talking about how bad St. (laughs) Kilda is for years and then like we've started the 2023 season, two wins. Like they seem – 
Do you think they could win the grand final this year? No. Oh, okay. No, I look, I but, I, but I get what you're saying because yeah. they are unrecogni- They would be unrecognisable to someone who's only ever heard them described as being a basket case. Yeah. But to someone who knows what they are, even I'm like, I don't recognise this team. Like That is the same list. We didn't bring anyone in really apart from a couple like draftees from last year, but it's all the system. And I guess that's the Ross Lyon thing, right? Like his system over personnel. You just kind of play a specific brand of football, but – like, it's exciting. Like, Saints fans, we just haven't felt this for a while, <laughs> this thing of like, oh, we actually play with a purpose and we've got a brand. Like, you sort of – to know what your team is going to bring out – like, we will lose for sure this year, but I think we're not going to be blown out of the water because we play this incredibly big defensive grid. It was uh, – yeah, I'm going to watch the replay after we record this podcast for sure. You know what I like about this is that – like sometimes people say that you can't get back together with an ex. Yeah. And I feel like this is like a really good example that sometimes, you know, you've had some time apart. Yeah. Like you've learned a couple of things, you've come back together and it feels like it's working again, right? It's like, like Ben Affleck and J-Lo. Fan. Yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, second time around. Yeah, they were yeah. ready for it the second time yeah. around. <laughs> exactly. Shaky start for Essendon in the first quarter today, but really happy to see them get the win. But the other thing I've noticed is because I've been posting everywhere that it's my bigger year of footy, my TikTok algorithm is only showing me footy content. So I wanted to bring like a little funny moment. So Alistair Clarkson was coach of Hawthorne and now he's coach of North Melbourne, right? Speaking of his grandfatherly qualities, he was giving this uh, speech to the North Melbourne team. This was last month, but it only came up on my TikTok today. And he made this gaffe when uh, addressing the North Melbourne team. Uh, Whether male or female, you've got 80 years in your life. And this is this little moment in your life that you're connected to the Hawthorne Footy Club. (laughs) Granddad. Yeah. (laughs) Apparently, though, I was listening to one of the players being interviewed the other day, and apparently he does it. All the time, <laughs> like it's oh, really? <laughs> apparently there's a um, he's he's actually set up like a swear jar style operation where, um, like for the players' footy trip at the end of the season or something like, or it's going to I think it's going to Ben Cunnington's um cancer charity or something like that. Anyway, it's but basically every time he calls them Hawthorne, he has to put some money in the jar, and apparently has quite a lot of money already. <laughs> How's this, Will? So, uh, podcast Mike uh, has had this segment for approximately two weeks, and now he's already getting his own mail. Um, I've got a, a I've got a message here from Dom uh, who who thinks uh, what he would like to hear is podcast Mike try explain what he thinks different footy terminology or, or rules are, which I thought could be a great idea for a segment. So listeners out there, if you want to send in your favourite like you know you play on not fifteen type uh, of jargon, and we will quiz Mike every week on what he thinks it means. Uh, so Dom's going to kick things off. There's great. three things here. Beautiful. So um, what if I was to say uh, they're in a six six six. What do you think that refers to? Uh, that's when the demons yeah. get inspired <laughs> yeah. by Satan, good, uh, good. Their, their namesake, and uh, kick six goals mm. in six minutes. Oh, great. Uh, good, no, quality, good quality response, though, Mike. <laughs> like, very nimble on your feet, like much of the Essendon forward line today. I appreciated how well you danced in, straight into that one. So, what, well, that was a rule that was brought in a few years ago, wasn't yep. it? It was to open the game up to – because what um, mm. teams used to do if you were protecting a lead is you would flood all your players behind the ball so the team would have to be kicked to a crowded forward line. So the rule 666 is at the bounce of the ball, you must have six players in the back – Six in the middle and six in the forward line. 
So that just makes keep, sense. Just and it has. Okay. It was one of those things that at the time everyone complained everyone that like, it was yeah, the end of the world, bullshit. and it has done nothing but great things for the game. <laughs> uh, if Will was to shark the ruck, what do you think that means? That's when instead of using your hand in the ruck, you yeah. actually do a one eighty and you use like your the arch of your back as if like it's a, like the fin a of fin. a shark to like hit the ball out towards <laughs> yeah, another player. Yeah, I mean, I like it. <laughs> I'm enjoying this segment. That's what I will say. Uh, I think it, well, basically means uh, just to, uh, you, you, it's to uh, uh, collect the tap out from a ruckman, but you yeah. kind of own the space. Would you say that? Well, it's also, it's, I think there's- You're a, roving the ball. I think there's an element of implied that you're stealing it. So like- Somebody it, the, that the, ball was yeah, that ball was right. going to someone someone else, and you slide through and sort of you know, like a shark, I imagine, uh, and, and grab it. Uh, and the last one is, what's a one percenter? That's when like that's when you're trying to fine tune parts of your kicking and stuff. <laughs> like you're ninety nine percent there, so we just add those extra one percenters to like get the best out of our players. That's actually not bad. So uh, the one percenters are the are the stats that um, don't show up on a sheet. So kicks, handballs, marks, spoils are all on a stats sheet, but it's like a chase down. It's uh, putting up a, a, sh- a shepherd for your mate. It's like all the little one percenters. So you're in the, mm. you're in the ballpark. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's it's also all, the you, you, uh, 12 top played players, paid players in the AFL are all one percenters. Yeah. <laughs> So if anyone out there, if you want uh, to test uh, Mike Check, just uh, tag Mike Check. Uh, just write us a message and just tag it Mike Check and we'll read it out on the show next week or the weeks after is what I, I meant to say. Next week, SNN plays St. Kilda. And if St. Kilda wins, I will make a trophy as well. <laughs> I, don't have to, I don't have to get a bloody... Uh, <laughs> I'm going to get a, looks like I'm going to have to get another oh, second one of these. Spuds back. The second bloody shelf, mate. Uh, it's a big bloody one. Well, I don't know. It's probably big enough for two trophies, but uh, uh, I might have to get the second one. Might have to build a whole new bloody room for my second trophy. I, I know, Shit. I know, earlier you oh, said, no. I know earlier you said you're an expert in acting, but I'm not sure based on the evidence so far in this segment that is the case. Uh, Will, we like to uh, focus on some of uh. our favourite comments over the weekend. Great. Um, now, you've always said about male friendship is a fine line between friendship and bullying. And there was some shocking bullying happening in the in the Lions D's game. Uh, BT and JB ganging up on poor old Richo. Tipster's nightmare, BT. Yeah. I know someone who tipped every result last weekend. Believe on that. Yeah. It's fluke. No. Richo. No, they're a football person. The cluggage. They tipped the draw. They actually tipped the draw. Oh, come they on, did. Richo. Richo, come on. Come on now. Come All right, don't believe me. Get until that last yeah. No, I'm telling you. Yeah, well, Olympia. I want to know what he... my footy tipping comp. I want to know how he goes this weekend. Ah, uh, I mean, that is... I, what I love about BT's suspicion in that situation, I've got to say, is why? There's absolutely no reason to doubt that story. Like... Like and he really went on the front foot, like implying that the person had literally snuck in back into work on a Monday morning to cheat in their tipping competition. I'm like, That's you know a bit what? Too much, Peter. You know what it reminded me of is like you know that Matthew Perry book that came out where he like kept bagging Keanu Reeves, and everyone's like, can you? Do you not know how to read the room? Like everyone loves Keanu, and it's like BT and JV picking on Rich. I'm like. You know, everyone likes Richard. He's the one fucking commentator that we yeah. all like. Yeah, we, we, we don't like bull- we don't like you. You're yeah. terrible, <laughs> but we all love Richard. 
in the Saints Bulldogs game, um, there was a bit of commentary, and I love it when you hear a commentator who's clearly like they've been looking at the team list and they're like, "Oh, this happens," and right. I can say this. And beautiful. So there was this moment where Tim English was lining up for the goal, and and the commentator opened with this. In anyone's language, the dogs look listless early on. Okay, so that was the setup. And I'm like, that's weird. In anyone's language, the dogs look listless. And then he follows up with... In the language of English, they're now down by just single figures. Will's just got up and walked away from his microphone, everyone. I guess the show's over now. Man. Wow. Like that's... I don't know who that was. I th- I think it might be Alistair Nicholson. Uh, I, I sort of... I, I, I There's a few, like Jason Bennett last week, there's a few commentators whose voices I don't recognise, but I was like, oh, I don't want to... I don't want everyone, like... Because I know what you two guys want Cup fans are like. I don't want you doxing him. No. <laughs> and here's what I would say is, look, I mean, I get the idea of like making up like your own setup so that you can have the funny punchline. Like there's nothing wrong with that. You've seeded it in there yourself. Like I understand what you're trying to do in that situation, but um, I feel like you've got to, it's got to be a bit more subtle than that. I don't feel like he needed the setup. I think you could have easily just gone with in the language of English as part of your commentary without needing that tortured setup in the first place. Yeah. Now, I would love to give you a palate cleanser and play a bit of uh, uh, um, Dwayne Russell, but he was quite reserved over the week, like shockingly so. I don't like it. But there was one little moment, and we're not going to play the sting because I don't mm. feel it fits into the Brain Dwayne segment. That's for specific Dwayneisms. Um, but I did hear something. So in the Port Pies game, um, uh, Port Ford Farrell uh, lines up for goal and kicks it, and, and Dwayne says this. And the goal on Pie barely moved. The kid's good. And I, so I heard that and I was like, well, that sounds familiar. And then I remembered the week earlier, Dwayne was commenting the Saints game and he said this. And Philippa beat him to it. Hughes had front spot, but the kid looks good. <laughs> so I think Dwayne's got to tell. If it's a young player, yeah. the kid looks good. I mean, I'm not sure you want to become famous for going around telling kids <laughs> that they look good. <laughs> I feel like this is not the best area for Dwayno. Was it Farrell, did you say, in the first clip? Like, Farrell. Like, yeah. why, why isn't Dwayno going with some, like, you know, roll out the Farrell or, like, you know, some classic sort of Dwayneisms in those situations? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you know what I would have said? It's, um, is he going to kick oh, it? He perfect. will, Or, like, Farrell. Pharrell from, like, the Neptunes. <laughs> like, there must be something he can reference. Like, his kids are into music. <laughs> like... <laughs> All uh, right, we're uh, we're uh, running long, so we're going to um, skip the pocket profile this week. Um, can't, I can't actually, to be honest, the, the the AFL record who were fans of this show were putting us in like the you know face swap things and whatever. Oh, have they gone cold on me? I've been reaching out to them, haven't heard anything back. I don't know if maybe they've done a bunch of layoffs or whatever. But we will uh, get to a pocket profile another time. Let's just get to the mailbag. Um, a lot of people uh, are really confused by things that happened in this round, including Art Deco, who mm. wants to know what the fuck is going on with Geelong. I think they're fine. They're fine. They're just idling. Yeah. Like three games ago, you want to flag. Yeah. And they like got beaten by like a super team in the first round. Like I think, we, you know, Collingwood are going to absolutely fly and they were pretty competitive for a lot of it. They're missing some key players at the moment like they've got you know maybe they're older they warm up into the season a little bit more that's what they do at Geelong and they nearly won that game against the Blues yeah 
If Jeremy Cameron hadn't got hurt. Right. Like, and if Cameron, like, that was one of those games of football where you, just about halfway through it, you were just like, he's growing into something special here tonight. And yeah. then he just put the foot down and you were just like, this is an incredible game of football that he is playing. I don't think there's any player I trust more in the Ford 50, not just like kicking oh. for goal, but just making the right decision. He leads to the right spot. He gives it off when he should. He's just like, I thought maybe when he came from GWS, he was cooked a bit. Maybe he's got one or two years, but I think he's like this bloody best is yet to come for old JC. What do we call him, Jezza? I I honestly feel like it. And, you know, it's the warming of Jeremy Cameron as well. Like, you know, he he always seems quite an aloof, unlovable character when he was like at the GWS. Whereas like at Geelong, now we're seeing him, you know, I mean, he's so good at kicking goals because he's down at cash converters building his own goals in the backyard. He's a good guy. (laughs) Uh, Andrew says, I get the feeling St Kilda picked Essendon for the 150th anniversary match next week as they wanted an easy win. But with both teams on two wins, how confident is Charlie? Essendon are one of those teams. Doesn't matter our ladder position compared to their ladder position. They always fucking beat us. They always beat us. Last two years in a row. They, last year, we were rolling head full of steam and we came up against the Bombers and they beat us. And they hadn't beaten anyone all year. So You feel a bit similar. Honestly, like yeah, I watched Essendon today and they've both got like makeshift forward lines and a whole bunch of players that aren't necessarily like who are getting opportunities because the key players are out and it has, it had a bit of the same vibe, but I reckon it'll be a great game. Uh, Maddie says Hawks fans have suffered enough. Oh yeah, they got, we didn't even talk about that game, but they got absolutely pumped. Uh, isn't it time we got some assistance from the AFL so we can ascend to our rightful place on top of the ladder? Wouldn't that 100,000 members, the biggest stake in Tasmania of any kind of uh, yeah. AFL team, <laughs> get a handout from the AFL? Like the most successful club in the modern era Every on an average of every 4.5 years and they get a handout from the AFL. Yeah. Take some of those premiership trophies down to cash converters if you need some money, guys. Uh, Major Van Bam says um, – can we hear you on normal podcast apps? No, uh, we're exclusive to the listener app. They're paying us to do this show. It's the only reason we are doing a show is we're getting paid. And if you want to listen to it, you can. Just use a VPN and go to the website. Easiest way to do it. Well, the easiest way to do it is download the listener app and, and just listen to it there. But if you're overseas, you can go to the website. <laughs> oh, yeah. Sorry. I should say that. Uh, Rito <laughs> says, did Melbourne let Gorn go explore the back of the Gabba until he found the electricity box? Wouldn't that be great? I mean, hard to do it. Subtly, if you max Gorn, like you're what six foot six or something like that, long Ned Kelly beard, bald head. It's a bit hard to like sort of be surreptitious, sneak around and, and sabotage a fuse box. Maybe that's what that footage of him laying on the floor, you know, seemingly expressionless. Maybe he was coming up with a plan. Maybe he was like, I've got to do something about this. <laughs> I'm off the field, but I've got to contribute in some way. Uh, if you want to uh, hit us up, you can uh, contact us on. Instagram and Twitter at, at two guys one cup AFL. Um, JN Bowie says, "Don't ever doubt the prestigious Kangaroos going undefeated again." I told you so. Um, yeah, but you almost lost that game. <laughs> it was literally a split second. Oh, I know, but I am that, loving that it. Gives cause for doubt. I'm loving the Kangaroos. I'm loving LDU. I'm loving the Cheezel. Uh, it turns out that that was already a thing when we all, when we talked about it. Of course, it was, but I like Sheezel's already like yeah. signing Sheezel's. But there's got to be a deal. You've got to get a deal done at this stage. He's a guy. Uh, Sage six nine eight four says the non-Victorian teams are trash this year. What about fucking Collingwood, the biggest of all the Victorian? Days? No, he said the non-Victorian teams. Well, Sydney are good. Oh yeah, S- Brisbane are good. Sydney are good. Brisbane's great. Yeah. Port Adelaide, Freo, just, maybe. Who Freo, knows? It's the Western Australian teams. Western Australian teams are no yeah. good. Adelaide are no good. Adelaide are competitive, but sh- just a bit under. competitive. Yeah. 
Jason Finn says, after Flagpies destroyed Port by 12 goals, what other teams do you think are overhyped at the moment? Well, probably Melbourne, uh, sorry, St Kilda, North, all the kind of teams that are undefeated that probably shouldn't be in the eight um, would be the overhyped ones. Although, I don't know. No, I'm not going to say anything. not going to say anything, Will. But also, it's a 23-round fucking season. Who fucking knows after two rounds? Like, uh, every like, who knows? fucking it's- AFL analyst and commentator on the radio or on TV? No one knows anything. Everyone pulls out these stats of, like, the last team to do this, blah, 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 blah. Like, shut up. It's 23 games. You've got to win, like, 12, 13, 14 of them. It doesn't actually matter in which order you win those 12, 13, or 14 games. Uh Laura says, should Ginny, a guinea, Jackie Ginnerman, play on Friday night yep. against the Tigers or Saturday night against Port Melbourne? What does that mean? Mm, but they were in the VFL. Um, but are they playing a night? They play VFL night games. Hmm, well, I'm, I'm assuming that they must. Um, okay. So, um, uh, no, straight, straight back no, in the big stage. No way. Um, what? No, uh, what's his face? Bobby Hill has been on fire and that's – his position like they've got a guy there who's playing great football this is the problem with cheeky jack is you give someone else an opportunity and he's great bobby i i, I reckon he's playing better than ginevan like i think he's better for their mix than ginevan is uh retta wants the Reheta wants to know how will's doing after round two. Oh, i don't think the book we didn't see it so I, probably yeah okay. but i look i mean i was hoping that i didn't i wasn't particularly optimistic that they would be better this year but i was hopeful like, you know, because you've got to have some sort of hope that it, it might be. But I think there's bigger problems at the Bulldogs, unfortunately. I'm not sure what they are, but there seems to be something going on. Oh, but Bevo doesn't seem that upset. I mean, he appears to be smiling all the time. Or at least I think he's smiling. All I can see in the commentary box is pearly white teeth yeah. all the time. I feel like that might be Very the problem. I feel like the players are going out with little yellow circles in their eyes from Bevo's teeth and they can't see <laughs> yeah. the ball properly. I believe that might be the issue. <laughs> Let's finish with Fuzzle Wuzzle, who says, if we're talking eyebrows, we weren't, but we are now, um, Isaac Quainors are so manicured, he looks like an Instagram filter. That's true. He does. Are they? I haven't seen them. Yeah. Well, I, I think Collingwood in general, like everyone's step, like Collingwood know that they're back on, like they're on, they're on Main Street again. You know, this is... Like there is plenty of eyes on the Collingwood Football Club, and I feel like across the board, and maybe, <laughs> you know, maybe I think this is like a a Darcy Moore led thing. You know, like you've got a different captain. You've been under Scott Pendlebury, like again, one of the greatest players in the history of the AFL. But Scott Pendlebury, like he's not your your Friday night lights, you know, get a new haircut sort of operator. Scott Pendlebury, that's not how he goes about it. But now you got Darcy Moore with this new haircut. I feel like it's loosened up and opened up opportunities for other players to like step up their game within a safe environment you know yeah there's still too many players in that Collingwood list with safe haircuts like Darcy Cameron what's going on there it's it's too neat you need something give us an identifiable characteristic because I, I, I couldn't describe you to a sketch artist, I mean I do. they've got to have a couple like that because most of them are very identifiable like I mean I feel like most of the Collingwood players have very identifiable looks like I mean you got Mason with his goggles and you've got like glasses you know, yeah. like there's a lot of tats and tats stuff on half, and yeah half like the Ford line yeah <laughs> so like there's like I reckon there's a lot of unique go- looks going on at Collingwood so right you need one what do they call it it's like a, a uh, when you do a, a, a test that's what it is He's no, normal. You have- <laughs> oh yeah, like yeah, that's right. A placebo. We need a placebo. Yeah, control. A like, control. You need, to, you need to have like a control. 
that's two guys, one cup for this week. Uh, thank you for tuning in. Um, just a little update on the tips. We've been trying to work out the best way to do the tips. So what we've decided we're going to do is uh, we won't be doing live tips unfortunately anymore but will and i will be doing a little bonus mini pod which will be released on thursday where we'll give our tips and the video of that will be uploaded to instagram so you can watch along if that's what you want to do and you can comment feel free to comment with each other and start the conversation in the comments below that post just remember to be respectful it's all just fun it's all fun and games will as uh, gil mclaughlin likes to say when he's painting his face <laughs> silver and black it's all just fun and games <laughs> call me mr bad <laughs> Do you need to plug anything or should we just go? Uh, look, I'm doing shows. If you're interested in me doing shows, check out comedy.com.au and you can find where I am at different places. Uh, particularly, I suppose, like, I, I assume there's probably a lot of people who are Victorians who listen to this. So Melbourne Comedy Festival is coming up. I'll be doing my show there. Fantastic. Play on, not 15. Bo! We're here to say that's not the case. We'll just go out and wing it. We are two guys, one car.